Welcome to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. It's good to be back. Joining me today via VMix and our producer, calling them in, C-Team Malkowitz is back on the show. Brian, D-Team. Too long. D-Team now. You got demoted because you demoted. I demoted myself because I've been MIA for a while. So there you go. Travis Northup. McClunky. How you doing? And Paul Tassie. I just realized that everyone's back and I can't steal their catchphrases now. So <laughs> C team because I demoted myself. Right. That's okay. right. Well, I'll promote myself to B team. Paul, PlayStation trophies, Tassie. That's okay. what we call money in it. <laughs> On today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, our reaction to the finale because the finale happened last week. There was no new story content this week. And we're going to talk a little bit about how we feel about that. We're going to talk about the, the strike, the proving ground strike. And our reaction to that and uh you know just everything that's been going on there's a lot so let's start with the season finale the story has concluded and you know i have to wonder is this the best story that we've had ever in destiny or at least for seasonal content paul i'll go to you first you're on the end of the end of the docket there what do you yeah, think um I definitely think it is, at least especially in terms of a season. I think you could argue maybe Forsaken could be, but I think the arcs that we're seeing here are more fleshed out. We have a lot more characters involved. We have five or six people at the same time, kind of in the voice cast. Uh, we have a ton of different means of storytelling, which is unusual. We have all the, you know, the Battlegrounds conversations. We have stuff going on at the helm. And then we have a couple cutscenes, like the one that we had last week to kind of cap all this off uh and it's also pretty unusual to get a, a fully new voiced uh, villain in the form of Keitel uh kind of sticking around this season and she's not really a villain after all as i predicted so <laughs> uh it's it's been great kind of seeing this fleshed out i mean it's it's hard to compare this story to any other standalone season story like i don't think anything else is close like you could argue like opulence is a better season because of menagerie and the raid and stuff maybe but for me, this is probably the best season and certainly the best uh, storytelling season. Brian, as I fix my mic here, you haven't been on the show for so long. I'm really, really happy to have you back and have you on the show. You haven't really talked about what's been going on this season. What is your reaction? The story's concluded. We we know everything that's going to come out with this particular season. And, and did you like it? What'd you think? I think it's great. Um, like, I mean, I, I think I agree with saying that it is the probably the best you know, season storytelling that we've had so far, I think close second to season of Dawn for me with everything with Saint 14. Um, but yeah, with it's specifically, specifically regarding the ending there. Um, and I guess it's not so much the ending too, but with the whole, uh, I guess it, are we okay with spoilers? I think at this point we're good with spoilers, right? We can talk about yes. what actually happens. Yeah. Spoiler yeah. warning. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the scion, you know, aims his rifle at the ghost, at Zaval's ghost shell and kind of just muzzles it basically to take away his light. Um, you know, and that's kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of confused if anybody, you guys can help me on why we needed that tech to take away Zavala's light. Um, because I, I know the science wanted to kill him. Um, but if you take a look back to Forsaken, that's exactly what happens with Cade and the Scorn. They aim their rifle at the ghost and they destroy the ghost with a rifle. So I'm just kind of like, why did we need like a muzzling 
thing to take away. I, I can launch into a long answer yeah. for that one if you want. Please, but, please Brian, I'm just, you're just, opening Pandora's box because there's so many theories. Like maybe they wanted the technology of the ghost. Maybe there's, yeah. you know, yeah, there's the, light yeah, there. Sure, yeah. sure. But it's just like it's like two kills of Ollie. You know, it's it's just like we, they've right, already they, done exact that exact scenario where they well, didn't they need did that some on purpose. Text. Like it was it yeah, was like no. a storytelling mirror. But like mm -hmm. the re so the reason um, Kate's ghost was killed is it was a paracausal bullets which is very hard to craft and it's like you can't just like shoot a ghost with a sniper mm -hmm. rifle like that won't work because it's made of traveler material or whatever so you need a fancy paracausal bullet i don't know how those are made i don't remember how that's made this time they were uh, we did a, a story mission earlier kind of finding the tech for this device mm -hmm. and it was uh, based on gall's tech that he used to trap traveler and contain the light so here it was a micro version of that that just trapped the ghost in a little tiny cage so zavala was exposed so if he was killed then theoretically you know the ghost wouldn't have been able to revive him i don't know what happens when you take the cage off the ghost and then maybe it can revive him again i'm not sure but uh that's kind of the difference and why that happened <laughs> well it's good to know i mean i was just i was just oh, because, like, I no i had no idea about the paracausal bullets um, I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, exactly right. Because when you're watching that cutscene, if you're if you're just taking the story face value, you don't know that because they're not they're not sitting there explaining it like, oh, that guy just loaded a paracausal bullet into his sniper rifle and he's going to kill the ghost. But so that that's where that 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 confusion comes in because I'm just like, why did he need the cage to yeah, kill? <laughs> yeah, so that that's that that's where the confusion came in because I didn't go deep into that lore to find all that information out about the paracausal bullets and Cade's ghost. So raining it back in with you, Brian. What <laughs> did you think of the overall story told? Did you like it? Uh, You're yeah, focusing I, on this one small thing, but like overall, like the, the narrative told, did you enjoy it through and through? I did. I, I did I did enjoy it. I, I, I do want Bungie to move forward with this this type of storytelling throughout the season. I did find it a little weird that the season ended basically last week and we've got like an entire month because normally <laughs> normally the season would end like you know, a week or two before before the next season would come out. So it's like kind of weird that we have like this month long lull before the next season comes. But yeah, no, I think I think it's it, it's great. You know, it, I I really this is the first season in a while where I'm just like, yeah, I I want to sign on each week to get that story beat. I know we had that stuff when like you know when arrivals came out, but it, it wasn't it, the story beats weren't as like fluid. They weren't as like you know they weren't as full so they didn't they didn't feel like i needed to get on each week to do it but this this time around it was it was it was really good um seeing you've been off the show for a while i'd love to hear your thoughts on presage what did you think surprised honestly like it it came, uh, i i know you guys talked about it a lot but i like it came out of nowhere uh for you know for everybody right really early in the season and like that is that is the, those types of missions are where like bungee shines and I think they they need to like really hone in that 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 like creepy dark horror kind of aspect in Destiny works really well. And I hadn't felt that in Destiny two in its lifetime. I the only time I've ever really felt that was in D one, like going into the moon the first time, and you know just going into the caverns that were built by the hive and stuff like that. So it was really nice to see them kind of just like lean into their ability to craft environments that kind of just give you these these four of eyes in a game that isn't really meant to scare you or make you feel uneasy most of the time okay travis you've been biting your tongue long enough what's your yeah 
Man, I'm excited, dude. That like that ending. I'll just start there with with the ending since that's the main thing that happened since last time we spoke. But I love that we were all expecting her to break the sword and say, you know, the old ways are done. We're we're gonna join the the, the guardians. And instead, she picks up a scion and breaks him in half, uh, which I think was even better. Uh, so yeah, I, I really liked it. I love the um, the cliffhanger of like who actually is to blame. It seems like it's probably Amtech, which. I won't get into the I told you so's there, You're but right. I, think I, right. again. <laughs> I think I was right. I think I was right about that one. Okay. But anyway, uh, so yeah, now we now we get to have kind of like this this uh, probably fragile alliance with some of the cabal, and then we've got uh, some other cabal out there who still hate us, and this interesting assassination attempt mystery to solve. Um, it is a little weird that that we have a lull uh, in the, kind of in the middle of the season, essentially, but. It's probably due to the delays. I know, uh, you know, the season got delayed and Beyond Light got delayed and probably everything's just a little off kilter. Um, but it'll be nice to give people a chance to catch up if they didn't play uh, the season's live or the week's live as the season was progressing. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with Paul. I think this is the best storytelling we've had in a season period. And I, I think some of the other main campaign stories have been great, like d2 vanilla strikes me as like a really good campaign in terms of its story and and forsaken was was awesome but i think the the format and the scope of it and the fact that we actually had an ensemble cast instead of it focusing on one person and being like all right this is the iron lords it's just saladin's uh you know expansion i really liked that there were multiple people all involved and uh yeah i think this is the model for storytelling going forward and destiny and if they can pull this off consistently I mean, that, that's great because I, I do think, you know, the story has always been one of those things that I assume most of the community doesn't actually care about uh, all that much, right? Like Brian is, a, is a, a guy who plays Destiny every single week and he, he didn't know about paracausal bullets being able to kill Cade and stuff like that. And I think that's sort of the problem with Destiny is most people don't know that the lore is actually good and that the characters have depth and that the world building has depth because... Bungie doesn't focus on that stuff uh, in game anyway. They focus on it in kind of peripheral lore books and, and that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah, man, I, I was super stoked with, with how things uh, ended. Um, the strike on the other hand, the actual event we were doing, I, we could probably talk about that later, but uh, in terms of story and the way it ended, I was I was really impressed and, and happy by it. And just so everybody knows how smart I am, I totally knew about the paracausal bullets. Definitely knew. Definitely not. did not just learn about it. <laughs> I can't imagine that is that is widely known knowledge. Like I, I know it's about definitely it. not. I don't even remember where the lore for that is. Someone just told me that on Twitter. Like I assume I was like after that happened, I was like, why don't they just always shoot our ghosts with guns then? Like why is that <laughs> yeah. not a thing? And then that's the answer because you just can't kill ghosts outside like, of. Very specific means. I can't imagine that's a hard line to put in somewhere. Like when they're like hovering over Cade's body at the tower or something, it's like, how did they do it? And it's like just a <laughs> 10 second line of explaining that it's a paracausal bullet would have helped somewhat. So it's like, it's deep lore stuff like that, that I think they need to like, to make sure that people are aware of. Cause like, cause then you have a pro that problem, like where I have, where I'm just like, why did they need that? Right. I so mean, it's a space off bro. So like, 
you're not really concerned with like the how they're doing things. It's really yeah. about like you know what I mean. Like everything yeah. doesn't make sense. Plenty of people so. are concerned with the how, but yeah, <laughs> they get yeah. real deep into the how. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with Star Wars. There's people who are really like focused mm-hmm. on the how, and I'm like, dude, they're wizards in space. Like, just get over it, man. Like, just get on board or get off. You can involved. You can just. That's go what Star Wars mode. fans love to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep. Uh, I'll keep my impressions very short and sweet. I think this is one of the strongest seasons that they have done potentially ever. I would have to really, really consider it, but. Right now, I would say this is probably my favorite season that they have ever done. I loved how the finale sort of mirrored what happened with Cade. I saw some fans pointing that out on Twitter. I don't know if that was intentional or if they just <laughs> they just ended up mirroring that sort of sequence, but it, it was really, really great. And seeing Crow come full circle and become a trusted ally now, with, potentially within the Vanguard, it's really, really fun to watch his growth as a character and you know what's going to happen with him is more interesting to us now because we've been there through all of these moments and i'm also in the same boat as you guys i don't understand why there's just like there's just nothing until next season basically next season we know ada one's coming that's very compelling and i'm excited about that and yeah there was one other addition though we also got the proving ground strike which was sort of the catalyst for the finale that we got to experience the cutscene and I'd love to hear from everybody on the panel. Brian, I'll throw it to you again because you've been off the show for longest. But um, what did you think about this proving round strike? Uh, I thought I think it's a good strike, right? It, uh, it's it's sh- short enough that like you know I, you can see that the way that Destiny has been trying to go with like strike missions, especially like when they axed like a bunch of them, um, that you know having a good shortest strike when you're going through the strike playlist that this one. Um, when you're just trying to grind strikes is nice to have and, you know, not too super reliant on like your, your teammates failing, failing or something like if you're playing the corrupted strike, but yeah, I, I know we're going to probably talk about it later, but man, that grandmaster, oof, I'm just getting like Vietnam flashbacks on that one. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's an, overall, it's a good strike beat, beat to beat, you know, the enemy density isn't as great as, you know, something like what they did with, uh, with fallen saber or not fallen saber, but, uh, the devil's lair. So I'm hoping that, you know, they look more towards what they did with Devil's Lair going forward with strikes um, as far as like enemy density um, and moment to moment. But yeah, I think overall, you know, it's like, it's it's a good, it's a good strike. Not like, obviously not the best or anything like that, but yeah, I think it's good. Travis, you were last. Why don't you go next this time? Yeah, I, I thought it was a decent strike. Um, I I think the the my main complaints are the enemy density, uh, the fact that the the kind of gravity of the situation didn't really match how brief the strike was, right? And and the final boss was just sort of like some dude. It wasn't really connected to it wasn't callous right it wasn't that big moment where like zavala got, it just there were a lot of like narrative stuff around that strike that didn't make sense it's like all right zavala and and uh Keitel are one v one v oneing right and instead they're sending three guardians to kill one dude who also has a whole bunch of other guys around him and that didn't really make sense and then you know th- there's just like a lot of stuff around that it just seemed really brief for what a big moment it was um, but you know, as a strike, it's fairly competent. It was really weird that in a season that's been packed with you know tons of enemies flying at you all at once, that that strike you're sort of like looking around for things to shoot. Like I, this is kind of I have nothing to do right now, right? And then you you kill the boss and you do the same exact mechanic you do during all of the uh, the battlegrounds. 
Uh, and I think we were talking last uh, last show about how we really didn't want this to just be like another glorified battleground. And in my opinion, it's kind of exactly that. It's it's just another battleground and with another uh, nameless, faceless cabal that we'll forget in a week who, who, who even was. But uh, yeah, other than that, you know, it was fun. Uh, I ran it three times just to get that that challenge, <laughs> that weekly challenge done. And we'll probably try to avoid it uh, forevermore. But uh, I'm not a strike guy, so it's not really for me, right? Did you do it on Grandmaster? No, I'm still not 1325. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not high enough power, man. You're off the so, show. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Get out of here. Uh oh, it's all it's all Brian and Paul now because I'm not 1325 either. We'll get get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Fake Destiny gamers over here. <laughs> Paul, I can show you my hours. <laughs> what did you um, think about Proving Grounds the Strike? Yeah, I mean, there's there's two versions. Like we can talk about Grandmaster a little bit here, but yeah. like. Uh, in terms of just the strike itself, it is kind of what I thought it would be in that I think it's kind of a worse Battlegrounds because at least Battlegrounds has loads of enemy density and it's really fun to kind of play through those segments just because of the swarms and swarms of enemies you get. Uh, this was more of kind of a standard strike where uh, enemy density was much more normal and not kind of overwhelming. And then it, it just uses the same Battleground mechanics twice. There's two guys with dome shields and then Ignovan or whatever whatever his name is at the end. Like I agree with Travis that I felt like that was kind of an anticlimactic ending because when you're playing it like at story difficulty, I he just dies <laughs> like in a thunder crash, and you're like, okay, all that for this. Like I, I felt like the story version of that should have been at least somewhat higher than it was. Like I get that they want everyone to play through it, but narratively it was it was kind of a joke in terms of like it was supposed to be this big epic battle, and then it was like you know a one hit kill essentially of, of her champion. Grandmaster, of course, is, is a different story, and that's the one that felt like, okay, this is like the ultimate, you know, trial of the Guardians, and like we could actually lose this thing and have lost uh, many a time. But I think it's fine. I, I like having shorter strikes. I don't want another corrupted showing up in the strike playlist that I have to back out of because I know it'll take three times as long as anything else. Uh, so it's it's good to have something like this in there. I just don't think it's it was just kind of a battleground light, and it didn't really do all that much for me. Yeah, so uh, narratively, I really liked it, but yeah, I don't know. So design-wise, I really want to give thanks to the designers for taking the time to make the armor so ornate and intricate and detailed because I've really, really loved that about the the final encounters of all the Cabal in the, the Proving Grounds missions. And this Proving Grounds strike, I really like the narrative and the lore and how Zavala and Keitel are going back and forth and then we're rewarded with this big cutscene. But I'm not particularly incentivized to do it on Grandmaster. And I'm just going to use this as a, a opportunity to transition right into that. Um, largely, I'm just going to let Brian and Paul talk about it because I still am not 1325 to do the Grandmaster Nightfalls. I hear the rewards are really good. Paul, I'm sure you're going to talk about that in a second. But I don't care. Like, there's no story incentivized incentivization for me to do anything else with destiny right now so i'm kind of at that point where i'm like it's break time i'm gonna go play outriders or something right so paul why don't you tell us about grandmaster what that difficulty was like what the rewards were like and uh why you think it's too <laughs> well, generous i tell you what the rewards were like if i beat it which i didn't <laughs> so, okay <laughs> um i mean so i i've been kind of talking about grandmaster rewards and how they are disproportionately way 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 above and beyond anything else in the game in terms of the amount of especially about the amount of like ascended charge you get for master working like you can I you know last week when we were talking about arms dealer i was running gms in 15 minutes and getting 
one or two ascended shards of run, whereas that takes an entire reset's worth of gambit to get one shard once a season. And so that's something I think is out of balance. And I'm not saying to nerf GMs, I'm saying more to like put more shards other places, but uh, that that did stand out to me. But now then you have uh, something that's this hard and you're like, okay, I get the crazy amount of rewards this gets because it's one of the hardest things in the game. And the consensus seems to be it is it is among the hardest GMs in the game. It might be behind the corrupt. I think the, everyone thinks the corrupted still is number one, and then maybe uh, the Glassway and Garden World. I think, but it's it's somewhere in there. And it's the whole, the whole thing with GMs is like either you're motivated to do it like pretty much. You're not really doing something like this for the rewards. Like yeah, everyone wants an adept palindrome, but you can also just wait until it's a less awful week to farm an adept palindrome if you really want. So at this point, it's it's pretty much about doing it to say you did it, or you know, if you're on the path to guild the conqueror title. Um, I don't have a problem with the difficulty. Like for me personally, I think I just ended up eventually hitting a wall where, in terms of like, instead of like, okay, I'm gonna press forward and grind down, and me and my team are gonna like clutch up and do this. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna play Outriders. <laughs> like I don't, I don't really want to spend another six hours in this tank room. <laughs> like dying to splash damage like i know the strats like i've watched all the videos like i i get that if i really really focused on my energy and, and tried and, and got my team to do all the strats and stuff perfectly like we could beat it but Why? for me i just don't i don't care enough like i'm i i might go back to it later when it's back in the rotation but like maybe if outriders hadn't dropped this week i, I would do it but it, it just doesn't seem like a good use of my somewhat limited gaming time where i need 12 hours a day to play outriders Ryan. So, oh, sorry, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, no, I'm done. But it's yeah, it was a little too much for me in the end. But I did try. I, I made an effort. Brian talking about the proving grounds on Grandmaster and just generally Grandmaster strikes. How are you feeling about them? Um, okay. I, like I I've gotten through all of them so far this season. So you know I beat proving grounds a couple days ago uh, on Grandmaster, and the like. Jake Paul said the rewards are far and away much better there than anywhere else in the game um but you know this week especially since it's double double nightfall drops right so if you complete a grandmaster like i got my first run through i got three exotic drops two shards um and so you know that, and that's a lot but again you're, you're you're spending a lot of time in that grandmaster especially if you don't have all the stress down or you haven't beaten it your first time uh, because i'll say it, it took us a long time to get through it the first time you know, trying it over the course of a few of a few days, um, and and yeah, it's it's it all, this this week's difficulty introduces a problem um, overall. Grandmasters, right? You know, this week being especially hard, it kind of just de-incentivizes you to want to do it because the rewards next week are going to be the same. Granted, you're not going to get palindrome next week because of the rotation, but you know, when palindrome is in rotation at the end of the season and all grand masters are available everybody's just going to do arms dealer because arms dealer is a joke of a grandmaster you know i did that um that grandmaster last week first try and it wasn't even it wasn't it wasn't difficult because it's arms dealer you know arms dealer inherently isn't isn't really that difficult of a strike especially if you cheese it and you jump up to make the boss spawn earlier than he's supposed to um but yeah i don't know it's it's they, you know, and as Paul said, they they do need to they do have some some issues to address with like how you get you know these shards and other loots across different um, 
uh, playlists and other activities. But yeah, I don't know. It's I'm in it now just because I've completed three to get the Gilded Conqueror sealed. But um, yeah, there, there's a lot of other issues that I can explain. Without, you know, that I can go along uh, go on a lot longer than that. But I'll let, let you guys uh, give your opinions too. Well, we didn't do it. And I have no incentivization yeah, to do since it. You suck. That's, no, <laughs> that's my opinion. Like, um, I'm glad that you guys were able to do it and that you enjoy the rewards or Paul, at least attempt it. I don't care. Like, what am I going to get? Like, I'm going to get some ascendant shards, some prisms. I am not incentivized whatsoever. To do that. I already have. Yeah. I mean, like, I already have a God roll palindrome. Oh, yeah. Cause so. there was a different, a different, different yeah. strike you get it in so yeah you're right it's like yeah you can get it much easier than that and I, I like yeah i just think there's a problem with incentivization for some of these really really tough activities you're giving us you might as well just give us fifty thousand glimmer or something like it's just a really valuable i'll take i would take that i would take that i would absolutely <laughs> that. i'm so low on glimmer these days go sell some legendary shards at spider oh, no, no, you're right no i I, <laughs> yeah. I i can do that easily i got twenty thousand shards and i can do it but it's yeah. like or legendary shards and i can do it but it's like if there's an activity that just like guarantees you fifty thousand glimmer at the end all right i'll do that <laughs> never thought i'd be saying that but yes that's all where right. we are <laughs> well uh travis yeah. you can chime in on that but i also want to hear from you on guardian games apparently there was a leak maybe you could tell us more about that and if you have anything you want to add about it but i don't think you're uh playing. yeah i guess my my the thing i'll add is you know i'm not 1325 because i basically only do crucible and there's not a whole lot of powerful drops from there and so my climb has been really slow only other thing i'm doing that does powerfuls is the raid which uh you know, I'm still trying to get Eyes of Tomorrow to no avail. So, still? Um, yeah, dude, I still don't have it. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll continue to do that, but you know, I'll probably get to 1325 near the end of the season when, um, all this, all the grandmasters are open and I'll kind of decide then if it's something that I want to grind for, but my, my thinking after watching this week, uh, you know, on Twitter, just everybody playing and I'm just like, man, I'm kind of glad I'm not doing that. Like I'll just stick to crucible and, have fun, and if I really feel like I need it for trials, I need an adept paladrome to uh, be competitive. Then you know maybe I'll do it, but I'm not there yet, man. I'm I'm doing fine, just playing trials every weekend, and, and that's so long as 120s rule crucible. You don't need a paladrome right now. Exactly. So I'm not worried about it. Yep. So that's the thing. Right now, GM loot is like not really that good. Like it, it could be <laughs> yep. if they buff certain archetypes, but for now, like it, it doesn't compare to the new trials loot. Like if this was like igneous hammer adept that you got from Proving Grounds, that would be one thing. And there's your incentivization. Yeah. But yeah. it just so happens that like these archetypes are out of favor right now and they're not great. And then Guardian Games is right around the corner. Uh, Travis, do you know what's going on with that? Otherwise, I'll throw it to Paul. No, so th th there was a leak. I think Paul probably knows most about it because I think he wrote an article about it. But yeah. Uh, All right, spoiler warning, There was Paul, a leak about Guardian Games. Paul, is it interesting or no? Well, I, I don't know any story components. I know that there are story components. Like there oh, is okay. supposed to be some sort of story thing that happens here. So I don't think we're like done with the Keitel plotline. Like the Battlegrounds quests every week are over, but I think something will happen. Like, I don't know, maybe we'll invite Keitel to the tower. Like th there's a whole segment that's like called the closing ceremonies that are a couple of days, which mm -hmm. I don't think we had last time. Uh, so this is something tied to that, I assume. Um, the leaks are just about kind of what you're doing. So it's not really a spoiler. It's this time around, you have to commit to a class. Like you can't just play all three classes and just <laughs> like that never really made sense. So like I think you'll pledge one at the beginning. It's not like it'll block off your other characters, but like you need to be like, okay, I'm doing the warlocks or titans or whatever, and then it will count your progress towards that. 
Uh, this time around, it's based on something with the strike playlist, where I'm not sure if they're I'm not sure if they're fully changing it to be like every strike you run will be three warlocks, three titans, and three hunters, or if you're just getting bonuses based on your class. But like each class is getting some sort of bonus where titans get like crazy resilience and increased primary weapon damage or something, and warlocks get I don't know crazy recovery. Like I'm I don't I don't remember what the full list is, but like you get specific bonuses just uh, kind of solely based on your class. Uh, so it's it's going to be a little different than last time, and it's it sounds more interesting. Uh, we'll we'll see what kind of the rewards and stuff are, and and if it's going to be severely lopsided like it was last time in favor of Titans uh, with Titans, balance. Titans. Yeah, yeah, like, but, yeah. Um, like based on the numbers alone, if you look at the data from the last one, everybody should just roll Titan if they want. Like if it's tied to a reward, if they're making you pick, you have to pick Titan. Otherwise, you're just wasting your time. Like hunters were defeated so so much there's just no way they win this guardian games in my opinion and warlocks were still handily defeated by titans titans just took it away so if you have to pick one like the leak is suggesting then i'm just gonna say okay i'll pick my hunt my titan just because i want the reward i, I feel like you won't i feel like they're not gonna not give you the reward for it like it might cost yeah. you a hundred thousand glimmer or something yeah or you might have to wait a week or I, I don't know something but like i would i would not guess that they would totally restrict you from it based on that and i'm saying that because i'm going to do warlock and i know we're going to lose so yeah <laughs> stay strong stay strong yeah they better not uh, i'll come i'll come back to this other one in a second travis but uh he talks about eight of one's role in season 14 has been clarified she's our new armor baron well the gunsmith will be fine-tuned to focus on guns <laughs> and uh she's also going to help us with our transmog and weapons are being improved like celerity and bottomless grief they're being changed bottomless grief is going to give 30 magazine which is significant and celerity is going to give plus 20 reload and handling uh and is also optional so you know i went into trials and i got celerity and it's always a huge bummer when you get that perk does this move the uh needle for anybody on the panel and how excited are you about eight to one travis yeah so for the celerity and uh bottomless th th those were actually that was going to be my bungee please this week i posted on twitter <laughs> that i just think they should delete those perks and then they kind of got out ahead of me with this so good on them um but yeah my, my thought is that um what they're basically doing is they're making this an optional perk that you can toggle off and or on with a, another regular perk, you know, for those weapons that get it. I assume that that means that Celerity and, and Bottomless will not drop on non-trials uh, drops, I, you know, just like world loot drops. Um, so I think that that's, that's pretty cool. But this was one of those things where they're a good idea that don't, that people don't want in most situations. And so I think that the ability to act, to turn it on and off and make it a normal weapon is going to be huge uh, in terms of people using it. And then the buffs that they gave each of them, um, I think they are significant. I don't know if they'll move the needle just because they are so like really um, situational. Like it has to be a very sp specific situation to use them, but it definitely makes them more appealing. Um, so yeah. I, I'm I'm satisfied with this. I think this is enough for for them to make make it okay. I I don't think that it solves the issue of, you know, trials and Grandmaster Nightfall loot not really feeling like significant enough or like different enough. But it at least gets rid of that really awful problem of like you getting a random weapon and then it's got celerity on it and you just immediately shard it because you're you know that it's not going to be useful and and that was that was a horrible feeling. So I'm glad it's I'm glad it's fixed.
Well, seeing these are sort of like topics that you wanted to talk about, I'll also throw you the Iron Banner one. Uh, there were some new tests done about how matchmaking is done. Basically, it's a schoolyard pick style draft. Mm -hmm. uh, did you notice the change and what did you think? Yeah, I did notice the change. So um, this has been like a complaint for a long time. I think like we, we've been talking about this ever since I've been on the show where like you'll get into a crucible playlist and it just it they're, they're doing it based on connection based matchmaking and they've tried a few other models in the past. And so what they're doing now is it's I think it's called like a snake draft where like the top most skilled player will be on team one and then team two will get the second and third most skilled player and then team one will get the fourth most skilled player and it kind of it snakes along until the team's full right makes sense what are they yeah, doing yeah it does I don't what were they doing so, before yeah yeah what were they so doing be, before because like you just get cream before and i'm like yeah, why is yeah. it like this and i've been yeah. asking that for so long so yeah i think before it was mostly based on connection and then the other factors were like secondary so now they're 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 changing it up but uh i did notice it if you guys played a lot of iron banner last week as i did like um, the matches, there were still like a lot of times where we just like shut the other team down, uh, you know, and, and, I, but, but I, I will say like, there were closer matches. I felt like I, like none of the teams were like completely unfair. Um, when I, and I did a lot of freelance, uh, in Iron Banner, which is when, you know, that that's, that's when matchmaking counts the most. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I think it worked and hopefully they'll roll that out to the comp playlist and a few other playlists. Cause I think. Right now, it was just a test. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed it. I'd be curious to see if you guys uh, noticed any change or if you have any thoughts on it. I played a few, and yeah, matches were closer, which is great. It, it makes a more compelling gameplay experience. Brian, Paul, you want to comment on any of the things that I talked about, starting with Iron Banner? Never touch the freelance playlist. Paul? So I, yeah. Because uh, he has friends. Uh, no, I did. Um, one thing I noticed, actually, was that even in... There were a couple of Mercy games, but when there was a Mercy game, it wouldn't automatically break the team up every time. It would just reshuffle everyone and do the, the snake pick thing. And then we had a closer game the next time without having to find an entirely new match. So that's something I noticed happened a few times. Uh, so yeah, overall, I, I think it was better. Um, then they, they disabled it, and then I started running with uh, a pack, and I think we mercyed like eight teams in a row or <laughs> something. Not because of me, believe me, because my teammates. But um, <laughs> so I, I, I don't know if it's applicable really to uh, the normal playlist, but it, I think it definitely helped in freelance. Uh, in, in terms of the other stuff you brought up, um, I'm excited about the changes to, well, I'm excited about the arrival of Ada, mostly because of the arrival of Transmog. Um, I thought all the changes they listed here were kind of like good quality of life changes, but I don't know how they affect me personally because. I'm not someone who's like looking at Banshee every day to see what mods you have because like I, I play through those seasons and I make sure to get every seasonal mod like as soon as they drop. And like I, I know a lot of people didn't play like Season of the Worthy and stuff, which is why no one has Warman Cell mods, but it doesn't really affect me. I don't really see the problem with just like listing all the mods and letting people buy them at this point. I, I don't really get yeah. why they want to keep doing RNG for that, even if it's better RNG. Uh, Ada selling an armor set is kind of whatever. We already had that with the Crucible vendors or the, the vendors that exist now. And every so often there'll be like a good piece to pick up, but it's not anything huge. Um, the Banshee thing is interesting where he's going to be selling six Whirlpool drops uh, every every week. And this is kind of like a D1 thing where like you would go and run and check and see if the vendors have anything good this week. Uh, I think they're trying to recapture that. Problem is the Whirlpool kind of sucks and has been boring for uh, a while now. So I, I think they need to add a bunch more stuff to the world loophole. 
uh, this time around. Um, this is getting a little complicated because there's no sun setting. But uh, if suddenly, you know, Banshee's selling a new bygones for me, like day one, I'll be excited about that. So things like that. Um, I think that is a potential to, you know, get, get you a few good rolls if you are, if you're just having bad luck, but we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Yeah. Now that we know that transmog is right around the corner, they talked about that a little bit. Um, I'm just deleting capes that I don't like for my hunter and just armor that I think is uglier, has a bad stat roll. I'm just like, I have no reason to hold on to this now. And it's so, it feels so good. Because it feels like the collection system is actually at least halfway doing what its intended purpose was. I don't have to save ugly armor. armor anymore just for collection purposes. Yeah. They've been collected in the collection system, and and that made me really happy. But I'm more interested to see what Ada is going to be doing narratively. Is she going to have the old Black Armory set? I certainly hope so, because some of those pieces I definitely want to use to transmog my character. Um what are, what are we at for time? Yeah, we're a little low on time, so I definitely want to make a moment for Brian to comment on any of the things. Brian, do you have anything you want to add? Just sell me Rage of the Warmind. Yeah. It's been since October <laughs> of last year that Banshee has sold it, and it's the only Charge of Light mod that I missed, or not Charge of Light, but a Warmind cell mod that I missed, and it's annoying, and please, for the love of God, just sell it. That's it. All right. And the last section of the show is Bungie, please. This is something Travis came up with, and I really like it. So, Travis, what do you got this week? Uh, yeah, my Bungie, please, this week was get rid of Celerity and Bottomless. So that happened. So I guess preemptively, Bungie, thank you, is my uh, my opening. But I do have another. I have a, a few other Bungie, pleases I've been sitting on. Um, this week, I'll start with the most uh, useless one, which is... Uh, I, I want to have sparrow horns back. It's Remember, we used to have sparrow what is horns. Every, what's with everyone in loving sparrow horns? I've never understood this fascination cool. with sparrow horns. And here's everyone's the thing like is, obsessed with it. It's just another cluttered box thing I don't want in my inventory. I don't get it. You know what? I, I mean, for a guy who likes Destiny, I thought you would appreciate customization, Paul. But you know, I, some of some some of us like the novelty of it. Um, and and you know, Bungie, it would it would give you another revenue stream. That's that would be all over Eververse. I mean, it's just a purely cosmetic thing, right? So it's another thing for you to sell. But I I, I thought you know last week I my Bungie please was like tell me why sparrows are still in this game. And uh, one of the things that came out of that uh, was that yeah, you know what like what about horns too? Like that used to be part of sparrows. So I know I'm going a little sparrow heavy, but I wanted to do something that was very uh, nitpicky. And uh, yeah, sparrow horns. I, I think I think uh, Guardian Games would be a great time to bring them back or maybe during one of the uh, the holiday events where we normally are, you know, just making cookies and, and getting materials that we already have too many of, uh, make a way for us to like farm, farm horns and, and introduce like a new... Uh, cosmetic that we can start collecting again. I think that'd be great. So that's my bungee please. Brian, what you got? Mine's probably a little bit more relatable, but please <laughs> pl don't worry. I, I agree with you though, uh, Travis. I, I want, I want Sparrow Horns back. Um, please uncap prisms and shards. Like we can only <laughs> hold 50 on our characters across all three characters and 50 in each of their uh, of their uh, postmasters, and that kind of sucks. And ten shards, um, and it creates a problem when they have weeks like this week where it's double nightfall drops, 
And so, you know, doing Master or Legend Nightfalls, you know, grants you a bunch of prisms or shards, and then you're just piled up with them, and you have less armor to to masterwork things. And you want to you want to you want to bank some of these things, but you can't because you know of of the the limits on them. So please uncap those so I can have more in my inventory. Let me be rich. That's what I'm saying. Paul, do you have one or no? I almost did that one this week, Oof. but I had a, I had a backup one in mind anyway. I don't think I've done this before, but. I have been saying this forever now where I think we got to get to a system where you can just unlock all of the artifacts mods. I do not understand why there is this pick 12 system uh, with the artifact mods where you can only do that many at a time. Like maybe it starts like that, but as you like as a reward for getting deep into the season pass or something as, as a reason to do it, you should be able to just unlock everything in that list because nothing is more annoying than figuring out your team wants to do X or Y strat and out of the two final row things you've missed the one you need and you have to reset your whole artifact, go through all 12 again. And like, I just, I don't understand why it's like this. Like presumably they thought that maybe you could make some too many OP builds, but like I have not really seen anything like that. Like the things you can combine if you had access to all the mods, like there's not enough energy slots like and, and some of these things it's like a six energy thing in your class item and a five energy thing in your class item and like you can't even pair stuff like that at baseline so i i do not understand the fascination with this like pick 12 on the artifact system and why we can't just eventually unlock everything like i i would love to hear an explanation for that because it's we've had the artifacts for a long time now and this is not pretty much nothing about the artifacts has changed like not the, the power level stuff, not the artifact mods themselves. And like this this one to me seems like a no brainer uh, in terms of quality of life. And I am not clear on why it's, it's the artifact is not evolving in any significant way. Agreed, 100%. You, you kind of stole mine. Mine is pretty simple. <laughs> the artifact power thing, unlimited power, it's just, it's not good. <laughs> just do it. It's about anything. to be like the but only I, power I, source, essentially. I know. So, like, yeah. You're just getting all this passive power. So, like, Bungie, what you want me to do is grab a bunch of bounties and do bounties. That's how you want me to get power in the game. That is not fun to do. So I really think it needs to be revisited or, like, capped at five, plus 15 power or something. Because by the end of the season, I don't even know what my artifact power is. It's probably giving me, like, plus 10 or plus 11 at this point. And it's just a weird system that just doesn't... It doesn't feel good <laughs> to earn that power i don't know especially the when whole... they take it away from your in grandmasters yeah and then it's just gone yep. so like they, they've already made the decision be like okay every season we're just going to do 10 power instead of 100 or whatever they were doing you know and uh i i appreciate that and now i'm like okay you really got to look at your artifact and the unlimited power thing because i just don't get it like nope. what's what's the design goal what's going on there please like you want us to have unlimited powers. You just want us to play our game, but the only compelling way, not compelling way to do it is bounties. And you've talked about the bounty system and how it's flawed and you've tied it to this mechanic. So this isn't a bungee please thing. This is actually like a, what is going on? I don't understand this. Bungie WTF. Yeah. Bungie please explain. Yeah. Um, well, it's about to get worse too, because the, the traditional power grant is going away. So you're gonna have 10 power from pinnacles or whatever, and then 15 to 30 power just from the artifact alone like it'll be the bulk of power gains if that even still matters i don't know what they're doing with activity power levels but if they're doing yeah. stuff like gms where it's it's contest mode anyway it might not 
it might not matter, but like then at that point, what's you know why have the unlimited power gained in the first place? And, and artifact power doesn't matter for any of the modes where like that are end game, right? For trials, for Grandmaster Nightfall, like it just doesn't matter. And then for raid for raids, it's, it's you're already weird. like way doesn't matter because yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah the whole system is weird. Like raids are easier to complete now to get tentacles than a Nightfall. What is happening? What? You know? Oh, it's been like that for a while. Yeah. 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 A long time. Yeah. Anyway, it's weird. And I have a one o'clock, so that means we're at the end of the show. <laughs> Thank you, Paul, Brian, Travis, for joining me. We're going to come back when there's like a significant content drop. Hopefully that's in two weeks. If it's not, keep an eye on the community tab on YouTube or, you know, you can just follow us on Twitter and we'll let you know. But uh, that's it for this episode of Fireteam Chat. So until the next one, Guardians, Guardians, Guardians out. out.